Here's a news flash. Surprise, surprise. Well, look at you. The whole world is watching for my next move. Oh, my God. Times have changed. There are no rules. You're going to love it. Hi, and welcome to Skip Intro, the podcast from Binge, all about the world's best television. Each week, we're here to discuss the biggest new shows on Binge, along with our dinner party recommendations. My name is John Bowen, here with Ali Herbert-Burns, and together we look after all the great TV and movies that you see on Binge. Ali, we're talking about two very cool, very brand new things this week. Totally brand new, totally cool, and totally talked about television. This week, we have The Idol, much-anticipated new series from HBO. And then we have, also coming from America, the new Kaylee Cuoco True crime series. Awesome. Well, shall we head to the Hollywood Hills for the idol? You're the American dream. Rags to riches. Trailers to mansions. Just be you. Easy. I'll just do that. Created by Sam Levinson and Abel Tesfaye, aka The Weeknd, the new HBO series The Idol follows pop star Jocelyn, portrayed by Lily Rose Depp, as she seeks to revitalize her image, just as she begins a complicated relationship with a nightclub boss who might just also be a modern-day cult leader. Well, we didn't get into the cult part in episode one, but gosh, no. there's a lot of other stuff to get across, wasn't there? And I'm yes. straight out of the gate, this has been talked about for years that it's been coming lots of gossip and, and discussion about it isn't there it, it we recently, thought we were getting it last year and then it got delayed for and, a bit and then it got delayed and then it's just had a special screening at the Cannes Film Festival even though newsflash it's not a film it had a standing ovation and we can now watch it and make up our own mind yeah and my mind John is loved it yeah want to watch more so yeah more more, so- more. I'm in So if I know I led with created by Sam Levinson, but just in case that name doesn't mean anything to you, Ali. He's just made a little show called Euphoria. He's the brainchild, the writer, the director of Euphoria. He stepped in and kind of part created this series and has directed it as well. He wasn't originally attached to direct, but there's another whole story. We can probably go into that. But he directs the series. And as you said, Lily Rose Depp stars as Jocelyn. And I thought she was... Perfect. I thought she was yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So apparently they waited to find the right person before even writing this character. So this was written for Lily Rose Depp. And obviously oh, the week- wow, that's the- a cool stat. Yeah. And The Weeknd and, oh, sorry, I'm just going to call him The Weeknd. The Weeknd and Sam Levinson apparently a few years ago just got together and wanted to make a show. And I guess this is the kind of world they live in of celebrity and excess and partying and fancy, fancy mansions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they talked about, I saw in an interview, they talked about Madonna and Britney and Prince and this like long history of troubled pop stars who have their ups and downs throughout their career and how interesting a world that is. And it is mm-hmm. because these very young celebrities who get thrust out into the spotlight and suddenly have publicists and managers and assistants and sort of unlimited wealth. And yet at like, as we've discussed with shows like Succession and White Lotus, still don't, you know, usually find happiness amongst it all. So yeah, it's such an interesting world. One little tidbit, which I only just read about, which I think is very interesting. Ali, did you know the house that this is filmed in is The weekend's Real House? I did hear that this might be the case. I also heard that pretty much the whole show was filmed in the house. Yeah. Obviously, they go to some external nightclub scenes and they're driving around, but it was pretty much 
and we'll see as the episodes, there's five episodes, so we've got four to go, but we'll see over that how much of it is housebound, I suppose, because yeah, what a cool house. But also I did have a moment when I was watching that first episode thinking your your house becomes your work and all these work people are like hanging out in your house, which is a really intimate thing. And but you're not like you're going up to your bathroom and there's a million people walking through your house. And I just would hate that. So yeah. maybe this is another example of the weirdness of of Hollywood and fame where the lines of who's there to hire you because you're, you know, they're your friend because you're paying them or are they in your entourage because they like you. Like all the lines blur, don't they? So Yeah. Is that your publicist just sitting behind you though, Ali? <laughs> Apparently that house is worth like 70 million or something crazy. So the weekend must be doing something, right? Well, well he's doing lots right. I shouldn't say he's not doing anything right, you know, he's clearly winning. Well, I did, I, and again, I love the weekend. I'm a huge fan of his music. I didn't realize until the idol came out, he is, he's like literally the most successful music artist of the moment. He's the most listened to artist on Spotify. He's the first artist to ever exceed a hundred million active listeners on Spotify. Like this is the biggest musician in the world making a TV show. And wow. that's fascinating. That's with fascinating. like the hottest TV guy around in San Luis and yeah. with up and coming amazing actress. And you can understand why it is buzz, 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 buzz city. We talk yeah. about talkability and, and people having opinion. And my major thought on the idol is watch it and have an opinion for yourself because you're going to not be able to avoid it anyway because it feels like it's everywhere in terms of, yeah, being discussed at the moment, isn't it? So yeah, you might it's have like, a real life dinner party recommendation situation coming up here. I so. think this is definitely going to be a dinner party convo. The first episode plot-wise is actually really simple and this isn't too much of a spoiler, but basically she's doing some publicity shoots in her house that we've mentioned. An album's about to come out, so she's got all sort of her agents and managers and stuff buzzing around her. And there's a Vanity Fair interview that's also happening kind of out on the pool. And then she's obviously having a bit of a rough week of it and decides to go out with her friends. And that's where she meets Tedros, the character portrayed by The Weeknd, Abel. It's a bit ambiguous of where this relationship's going and what's happening, but some things happen in the first episode. And I think it's going to send us off on a very, very interesting five episodes. Well, you kind of had me at cult because we know that our audiences love cult things, don't they? They're so I definitely got um, Nexi. Do you remember The Vow? Yes. I was, getting Nexi, I was getting Nexium vibes from the weekend, which so I don't just, know if that's on purpose or not. But Just explain what the Nexium is for people that haven't watched it. We've got it all on binge. It's called The Vow. It looks at this cult that sort of presented itself as sort of like management, personal development. It was very sort of corporate, clean entry mm-hmm. point. But then once you got in, it was effectively a, a sex cult where this sort of like not even particularly, what's the word? like charismatic guys, you never understand how these people quite become cult leaders because they never Mm -hmm. seem that appealing. But this guy who like loved volleyball and forcing people to live really odd lives basically constructed this sex cult. And yeah, it's it's a fascinating story. So go watch that docker. But we do know just from like the way the idol's been described by HBO and stuff is that there is this cult element. And I also heard Sam Levinson and Abel talking about a sort of a throwaway line the weekend said something along the lines of, if I wanted to start a cult, I could. And apparently Whoa. that was that was one of the like germs of the start of this idea was if you're that big a celebrity, you could start a cult. So I think that's partially where this idea got started. But again, we've only seen it one, so we're kind of not sure where yeah. that plays into it. And look, I think when I said before about watch it and make your own opinion, there are components of this episode. It is R18+, plus the classification. It's clearly labelled on all the advertisements that Binge has out in the world and on the platform when you come in. So just warning, it is an R18+. And there are 
very graphic sexual scenes. A lot of the conjecture and conversation has been, you know, about the sex and whether or not the, the very world it's trying to show is almost then, you know, taking advantage of the actors because by how far it goes. But I, yeah, I definitely recommend you to not watch this with your children and maybe even without your parents to sit at and watch it on your own, depending on what your household structure is like. It is, it's salacious. Yeah. And I think that's kind of been what looks like to be sort of the immediate reaction, which is understandable because it is really out there to start with. It's pushing um, boundaries as HBO is often done, hasn't it? Yeah. But it deals with some really interesting things. You know, within the first few minutes, they're talking about intimacy coordinators. They also talk about image-based abuse, which people sometimes refer to as revenge porn. Mm-hmm. There's also sort of the power dynamic of being this like young seemingly vulnerable person who's, you know, actually wildly wealthy and can do whatever they want. So yeah, it's touching on a lot of really interesting topics. Well, just to dive into two of those. So an intimacy coordinator is a role now that has come into play and is really common now on film and television sets. But a few years ago, it it wasn't there. Um, Their role is to, in in advance of a sex scene or, or, or a touching scene happening between two actors, to kind of agree in advance what will happen, what touching will happen, what is acting and what everyone's comfortable with and to effectively guide them through an intimate moment on set so that, you know, both how many people are on set watching it but also kind of the rules agreed in advance or the boundaries of how it's going to be. So important part of modern day filmmaking and there's a horrible way that he's dealt with in this show but I thought that in the fact he was on set and there was even a conversation about a contract and what they can and can't show, this is stuff that really happens on shows. So yeah, that's what intimacy controller is, coordinator is. Often you think she's young and vulnerable and there's all these people around her. But as you said, she's actually the one with the power in the situation in some regards. She is much more famous and much more wealthy than Abel's character, The Weeknd's character. So it's not a normal power dynamic at play here of older, powerful man manipulating a young woman who wants to make it in the music world. She's already a massive star. There's also a different layer there, which is why I think it's interesting to watch it and form your own opinions. But the sexual stuff is very is very graphic and that might be too much for some people. But I think beyond that element of the story, there's a lot there's a lot in the idol to like. Yeah. So we could talk about this for ages, obviously. Just we'll touch on two quick things. The cast, we've obviously mentioned oh my God, we haven't a number of people, but also worth mentioning Again, if we haven't already, Australia's own Troye Sivan, <laughs> Jane Adams, which people will absolutely recognise if you don't know her name. There Pats, is all... Twin Peaks. There's so many. She's like an HBO, you know, all-rounder, best in Yeah. There is also Jenny from Blackpink for the K-pop fans out there and Rachel Senot, who you'll also recognise. Dan Levy, Hank Azaria, and it's... Eli oh, Roth. Like, Eli yeah, Roth. For, yeah, so many good big, big names that... that... And she's not in the first episode and we don't know much about her role, but sadly this is also Anne Heche's final final role is in the idol. So we will see that in an upcoming episode. So yeah, amazing cast. And then John, the other thing we've surely got to mention, I was bopping my way through the music in this. The music, I, yes. I, I don't know if like every week there's an official playlist already on Spotify. I haven't checked yet from HBO. Normally they're really good doing that with their shows, but I was like, is the song that she's about to release in the show already out? But the scene in the club, the Madonna remix, I was just like, oh, that was really cool. So, yeah, I'm hoping we get to see, I think we had Fiona Apple and Prince and a few others just in Ep1. So it's going to give us a pretty epic playlist, I would imagine, plus some new songs I assume will get released from the weekend from this. Yeah, so definitely follow along the playlists to see the music featured. And it does, it looks like that an official soundtrack will come out 
later this month. So hopefully that'll have all the new music on it as well. But yes, we've, we've got episodes dropping every Monday throughout June. When does the final it drop? There's five all up, isn't there? Yeah, the last episode is due to be out on July third. Okay, cool. So, so yeah, June yeah this is this is your, your new Monday show. Now that, now that succession is wrapped up. So yeah, new episodes of the Idol each Monday with the finale due July third. What does that mean? He's taken over the house. He's brainwashed her. Hmm? <laughs> Not a human being. <laughs> Your star. Never trust a dude with a rat tail. Starring Kaylee Cuoco and Chris Messina, the brand new Peacock comedy drama based on a true story follows a podcast-obsessed realtor and her washed-up tennis star husband as they stumble onto a serial killer and an opportunity. Ready to talk murder? We have to wake up to murders every morning. They're talking about the serial killer that's like basically in our backyard. It is so exciting. LA, it's brutal. I love it. It's being nicknamed Boats. Boats. It's the best acronym for a TV Boats. show. And I love the LA-ness of this show. Straight away, they're living in LA. They're not like fancy posh. They're kind of trying to, you know, pay their bills. But he teaches tennis at a big fancy pantsy, you know, tennis center. So I instantly, I love shows that are just people living in suburbia in LA. Yeah. And I really the, like that straight away. The first note I wrote while watching this show was the word sunny. Like sunny. it just felt and a sunny. And Californian bungalow that they're living yeah. in and all the rest of it. So look, I think I mentioned on a previous podcast, I've just come back from LA where we see a lot of the pilots and the kind of the upcoming shows for the, for the year ahead. And there was a lot of talk that this is one of the best shows. They showed the first episode on the NBC lot in LA. And a lot of people were saying, you know, it was one of the shows of the screenings, getting lots of talkability. And the good thing for those that love a binge, all episodes dropping at once. So Ali, this is executive produced by Jason Bateman, which people will, of course, know from Arrested Development and a million other things. I was like, um, hello, I love Jason Bateman. Horrible yes, bosses. This goes on. I think he's one of he's in that that cool club of Hollywood that hangs out with Jennifer Aniston and all these famous people that are friends in real life. Yep. I'm not looking um, jealously, vicariously. Yes. So produced executive produced by Jason Bateman and Craig Rosenberg, who people might know behind Preacher from a few years ago, but also the Amazon series The Boys. Oh, the so boys. I love the boys. which gives you that like sort of angle of where this is going. But very simply, the story of this is this couple basically stumble onto who they think is a serial killer. And as opposed to doing what a normal person might do, which is call the police, the character Kelly Cuoco plays is obsessed by true crime and podcasts, and they sort of hatch a plan to make a podcast out of this. So I think on the surface, people might think this has like only murders in the buildings vibe, mm. but I think it's a, it's a bit different to that, although it's definitely sort of a, you know, comedic... Thriller. Take. Comedic thriller, yeah. yes. And I think... From what I've seen, this is a very cliffhanger show. So it's, I think it's good that all eight episodes are being released at once because people aren't going to want to stop watching this one. And look, it's called Based on a True Story, but the, the, the whole point of the show is the show is based on something that's happening in their real life, but it, it's not a real crime. This isn't yes. a true crime show. The one bit about it that's true is that Kaylee became pregnant where they were filming it. So they wrote her pregnancy into the show from what I understand. So that's kind of cool because she's since had a little baby called Matilda. It's pointing to the fact that America is, and Australia is obsessed, lots of English language places are obsessed with true crime. There's a great scene and I won't quote it because it's a bit crass, but where someone's going out on a date and her 
family friends are all together to talk about a true crime and she sort of jokes about what she should do to like leave DNA in case you know you freaks want to investigate my murder later tonight kind of thing it's a little bit meta it's a little bit funny and yeah I think we've definitely reached the point where like everyone at some point has or does listen to a true crime podcast and it's like what benefit is there to having all of this in our lives? But anyway, we're on a podcast talking about it, so what do we do? Um, look, needless- if, if you watched The Flight Attendant last year, we've got two yes. seasons on Binge, but the Another first good season especially, like it, it has elements of that. There's a bit of chaos to her character. It's funny, but there is adventure and like there's that stuff going on. Yeah, there's and also just like to- tonally, it's like light but suspenseful and yeah. visually fun and yeah. And just a really cool cast. Like it's so watchable and digestible. And I just think for lots of people, this will be their most like binge fave thing of the month. Yeah. And for a big chunk of the country, Ali, we've got a long weekend coming up. So I think a lot of people are going to burn through this one on the weekend. All eight episodes of Based on a True Story are streaming, or depending when you're listening to this, Thursday night on on binge. So strap in for the long weekend. I dare you to not like it. She is the victim of the West Side Ripper. It's him. I know my killers. What if we make a podcast about this together? We could bring him in on it. Bring the killer in on what? The podcast. We forced him to do it. Oh my God, this is going to change our lives. John, we're at the point in the podcast where we talk about our dinner party recommendations for the times when we're sitting around the table, as you so often do with friends or colleagues or loved ones or randoms, and you go... I need a new show or someone starts talking about a show. We know it's often the way people find out about what to watch. Word of mouth. So you oversee all the content on Binge. What is your pick? A little hidden gem or something we need to know about this week? So this is actually brand new on Binge. It just went up this week. It's a new HBO feature documentary and it's called Being Mary Tyler Moore. Was the wife you played kind of an idealization of the American wife? There is no such woman. Most I of them are wretched bags. So. Yes, I think we all have our moments. Laura Petrie broke down and cried. She was nasty and short-tempered. And she was also sweet and soft, and she was many things. Oh, no. I, I think she was sort of a, a strained idealization of the American woman, as she thinks she is, but it had no connection with reality. So I know I've spoken in the past about my like love of TV and film history and all that. So this is right up my alley. But sort of embarrassingly, I guess uh, my TV history sort of caps out, you know, from like the 80s, (laughs) I guess. So I'm a bit embarrassed that I don't know a lot of these like iconic early moments of TV history. I know there's been a few like I Love Lucy docos and films recently, which was really fascinating to watch as well. But yeah, being Mary Tyler Moore looks at Mary Tyler Moore's very long history, along with people like Lucy sort of defined like womanhood on TV for a lot of people. So yeah. The first one, first woman to probably get a show. It would have been, there would have been so many men with the leads. Yeah. So she was on the Dick Van Dyke show and it talks about the confines of what she could do on that show at that point in time. Like she was a wife. She didn't have a job. There wasn't a lot of autonomy in her character or agency in her character. And she had to like push just to like wear pants on the show. CBS pushed back on, you know, a woman wearing pants and things like that. And then when she went on to do the- John, just to interrupt you, in my first job, I wasn't allowed to wear pants. We still had a rule working in a shop where we had to have skirts or 
or dresses that came down over your knee. So, and I'm not that old. So there you go. Unfortunately, time takes longer than we think it does to change. But then obviously she's sort of best known for the Mary Tyler Moore show, which again, really broke boundaries. She was a divorcee, which again, was a huge deal on television, but she was also like a journalist and a news anchor. And she had her own character and she had her own life and job. There's some really enlightening but also at times difficult to watch interviews that she gives over the period where some men are just asking her just terrible terrible questions and it's enlightening to watch because you know it's nice to think we've come so far but it's also sort of a bit sad to to watch that she was asked these questions as she was the star of a show and asked these just like really demeaning questions about what it means to be a woman on television. So yeah, if you love television history, or if you just look at it from sort of a social history perspective, it's a really interesting look. And, you know, when you think about shows like 30 Rock and stuff like that, you know, they're all standing on the shoulders of the Mary Tyler Moore show. So it was kind of nice to go back and get some of that history for myself. Amazing. Great suggestion. I was in a movie mood on the weekend and I binged a couple of films. The first one is Triangle of Sadness. It's quite arty. It won the Palme d'Or at Cannes Film Festival last year, which is for like best film, but it's a group of rich people on a boat. So it's kind of like below deck meets White Lotus, but it's a bit of a satire as well about the wealthy. So give Triangle of Sadness a go. But the other one is Spider-Man, the animated version of Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse is currently in the cinemas and going really well in the box office. And we've got the original Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse on binge. So we've seen lots of people clicking on that and, and kind of rising up the popularity charts in the last few days. But John, you've also created a binge center where we put a collection of things together and we've got a whole range of Spider-Man um, related shows in that binge center including the animated version but also the live actions and as we're talking about animation a bit of an animation mode clone high which is the sequel of the clone high from the early 2000s is also um, on binge we've got new episodes kind of dropping over the next few weeks but it is from the same creators of the film so chris miller and phil lord so yeah if you've got Animation, you like Spider-Man, there's movies galore, a few things. Yeah, Clone High is also from Bill Lawrence, people who like Ted Lasso, et cetera. Mm. It's all in that um, cinematic universe. So, yeah. Cool. Great suggestions. I'm very keen to watch Triangle of Sadness because it does feel right on my alley. Yeah, I think you'll like it. And tell me when you've watched it, then we can talk about it. Yeah. Anything that's below deck meets White Lotus sounds good to me. That's quite the more sharp. They should have just put that on the poster. Not that it won the best award or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A Russian capitalist and an American (laughs) communist. On a $250 million luxury yacht. The success of a luxury cruise mainly depends on you. I don't want to hear anybody saying no. It's always yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. This week on Skip Intro, we discussed The Idol. We talked about based on a true story. I recommended you check out the new HBO doco series, Being Mary Tyler Moore. And Ali reminded me that I need to watch Triangle of Sadness. All of these are streaming for you now on Binge, or will be very soon, which of course you can find on your favourite device. I'm John Boehm, joined every week by Ali Herbert Burns. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was produced by Dan Barrett with audio editing and mixing by Chris Yates. And we'll be back next week with more Skip Intro. Skip Intro.